Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, I feel like this episode... Well, maybe not directly in honor of you, is sort of in honor of you. Well, from where uh, the country I reside in. Yeah, that's right. We're we're paying a little tribute to your home, your homeland, or at least a part of your homeland. Yeah, we don't know, we don't want to over egg the pudding with this episode, but uh, we're going to be doing well. It's mainly the capital city. We're going to be talking about London and our top five films set in London. Right, because top five films set in England was really a big. Big list. Yeah, yeah. We thought we'd narrow it down a bit. Because uh, let's be honest, though. I mean, when you when you look at movies that take place in England, more often than not, they happen in or around London because that's sort of the most famous city in England. No offense to anybody from other cities. Often, other cities are used in place of London as well because for different reasons, it's cheaper and stuff like that. But that happens in many TV shows and films anyway. You know, one city or place takes the place of another one. Vancouver. Oh, Vancouver's places. everything. Yeah. New yeah. York, the Pacific Northwest, you name it. Probably London as well, things like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. but we're talking about movies that are set in London, regardless of whether they were filmed there or not. Because that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, so it's all going to be quids in for this episode. Yeah. There might be a bit of poppycock mm-hmm. and some, some phrases and terms that people who don't live in England might not understand. Yeah, well, that's a good learning experience then. We're broadening their horizons. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't want to throw a spanner in the works, but I, I need to spend a penny. Okay, well... I don't really know what you're talking about anymore, but that's okay. We're going to go ahead and let you kick things off, Phil, as you are our Brit, our resident Brit. I feel like you should have the honor of kicking off this list. So give us your number five movie set in London. Yeah, everything's tickety-boo. Let's get started. Do you really say that? Like, is that something you often say? Not really. Yeah, Because even it might be an English slang term, but that doesn't make it okay to say it. Not really something could do, uh, no. No. I try and wangle it into the conversation when I can. (laughs) All right. I'm pretty sure I can going to go the rest of my life without ever saying tickety-boo unless I'm being ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Tickety-boo. There's a new mm-hmm. uh, We need that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Okay, yeah, my number five, though, is V for Vendetta. Good choice. From 2005, which is uh, it's set in the future, based on a brilliant comic by Alan Moore and David Lloyd, all about a dystopian future where, you know, the British government has, has taken over. It's trying to, you know, it's, it's in control of everyone. It's watching what everybody does. It doesn't let people move. It's really far-fetched. With the with the way yeah. you know, the way things are going, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, people aren't allowed. You don't don't allow people to worship particular religions. Uh, people from different countries are treated differently. You know, it's not. It's obviously stuff like that could never happen in this country or any other no, country. Complete poppycock, utter it's all, it's, bangers it's and mash. science fiction. Oh no, it's bangers and mash. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's all set in London. We see lots of you know the big London uh, landmarks. You know, Big Ben. St. Paul's Cathedral, all that kind of stuff, often before they get blown up. But we also get to see people all based around a city and various suburbs and things like that. It just, obviously, as I've already said, it doesn't give you the best picture of London, but it does show show the city, and it's used really well, and the city becomes part of the character, and also because it's all based upon the, the main character takes his cue from uh, 
Guy Fawkes, who's going to blow up the Houses of Parliament, which is based in London, so therefore that's why it all needs to be there. But it's it was done. I thought it was a great adaptation of the current book as well. Did good things, but that's uh, it's my favourite film set in London at number five. Okay, very good. I will say that was on my short list. Did not quite make it. This is actually a tough list for me to put together. There was a lot. There's a lot of really good movies. Oh, yes. that are set in London. So I had a hard time. Uh, putting this list together. So I tried to sort of do a mix of movies that I really love and also movies that I think really capture something about yeah, yeah. Uh, London or where it's a central part of it. Um, and I don't know that either of those qualifications meet for my number five, but I'm going <laughs> to put it in there anyway. My number five is probably not going to game any fans. It is Notting Hill. Yes, yeah, yeah. Starring Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant and Reese Ifans. And I know that I, I Googled this, Notting Hill is 28 minutes outside of London proper, according to Google. If I'm wrong, I apologize to any of my British listeners. That's just what the, the Googles tell me. But um, I think that's close enough to count. I really like this movie. Um, not only do I have fond memories of it, it was a movie that came out early on when my wife and I were dating. So it's a nice romantic comedy to see as a couple. But I think it's a really fun movie, and I like the way it kind of captures uh, the life of a celebrity and a regular person. But I do feel like that whole Notting Hill neighborhood yeah, yeah. Uh, is is a character in the film, and it really gives you a sense of, uh, I think, a side of London, or at least of England, because I realize it's outside of London. Well, it's, 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 it's a district in West London, so it is There you go. Okay, so it counts. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. It's, it's, it's a big, big city. It covers a huge area. So. All right, good to know. So it, it gives us a side of what we don't usually see. Usually when you see London, it's much more of either the touristy stuff or the city stuff, or, you know, like in the James Bond movies, you see the big, you know, the big building for MI6 and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. This was a neat, you know, to see this colorful little kind of, you know, West End town, different side of things, and I really liked it. So that's yeah. my number five. Yeah, think, think of it, you know, like the boroughs in New York. It's sort of like, it's one of those right. kind of Right, okay, so. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be like... Because New York City isn't just Manhattan, so... Exactly, yeah. yes, very good analogy. Yeah. I like that. Oh, an excellent choice. Didn't quite make my list, but no, it's a good one. I love the bit, the scene in the park at the end and things like yep. that. Yep. That's a good, good choice. Okay, my number four is a film from 1950. It's a film noir. It stars Richard Woodmark and Gene Tierney, and it's called Night in the City, and it follows uh, Richard Wood, Woodmark's character, Harry Fabian, who's a, like a, an American con man. He's, he's uh, in London, and he's trying, to, he's trying to do deals and things like that, but he's really out of his depth, and he gets involved with the wrong people. But it's you're seeing, obviously, you're seeing the seedier side of, of, uh, of the city at times, but, you know, you're seeing... You're seeing the life of the city. You, you, you're seeing the streets at night and and some of the bars and pubs and things like that. You're just, you're just seeing probably not the best side of the city, but you are seeing the city. It's one other aspect of it. And it's it's film noir. It's a dense story. Lots of cool characters. Lots of tricksy characters as well. Some good little, you know, scams going on, things like that. But uh, it's my number four because you're seeing a different side because oft often you often see you know the brighter side of the city and things like that but this was a good one which shows uh, the darker side as it were good choice I, I have not seen that film so it does not make my list all right my number four is a tie uh, between two movies that are a, a kind of similar spiritually and they are attack the block and Shaun of the Dead excellent yeah yeah so two sort of horror comedies if you will. Both movies I love. Shaun of the Dead, obviously, is the more famous one, but Attack the Block is a great film by Joe Cornish, and uh, it's it's really fun. It's got John Boyega before he became Finn in the Star Wars movies, and I really love it. It's 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 fun and exciting. It's got some good comedy, some great action, amazing creature design, and then Shaun of the Dead, of course, is you know the original zombie comedy, um, and it's utterly fantastic. We've talked about it many times on the show before, and I thought that they both kind of like that's a great double feature, you know? Oh, it's, definitely, it's, yeah, yeah. They're they're both set in London. I think Attack the Block is cool because it kind of shows this the the block apartments, which is yeah. something that we don't really. 
know that much about here in the U.S. It's not some yeah. kind of a thing we have a lot of. Yeah, both films show like a different different aspect of London. Yeah, yeah. And Shaun of the Dead kind of goes all over the place. But, of course, they've got the Winchester pub and all that great stuff. But yeah. those are really more I just put them in there because I love them. And they happen to take place in London. So yeah, it's, that's it's always, it's always good when you get like a British pub because they are... They are different to like American bars and things like right. that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, an excellent choice. Okay. My number three, I think I mentioned this one in a previous top five. I can't remember what for, but it's a, it's a film from 1961. It's a British sci-fi disaster film, and it's, it's quite applicable for what's for the weather we're having over here in the UK at the moment at the time of recording. But it's the day the Earth caught fire, where we find out that the Earth is off, been knocked off orbit and is heading towards the sun, and it gets hotter and hotter. But it's, it's set mainly in London. And some great scenes, which may have partly inspired uh, 28 Days Later. Right. Because there's lots of, lots of scenes where it's, uh, the streets are deserted and it's, uh, you just see the, see the protagonist and uh, a few of the main characters walking through the empty streets as people are trying to find shelter from the heat. Uh, but it's, just, it's, it's, it's good because you're just seeing, it starts off, you're seeing like uh, London, you're seeing different aspects, you're seeing lots of it on Fleet Street because one of the guys is a reporter. And I think it was filmed in the actual, one of the main... Uh, newspaper buildings of the time so you're seeing all that side of things like office work and you're seeing people in uh, flats apartments things like that you see people in the parks trying to cool down and then you see this when it's it's moved on even more you see the deserted streets and it's just it's quite haunting because it's filmed on location and it's just it's bizarre seeing these really hectic normally hectic streets just empty of people but you, you it's uh, it gives you a good visualization of the of the city and it's uh it's dark and twisted and 28 days must have well i think danny Danny Boyle, you know, had seen this one and maybe took a bit of inspiration from it. Makes sense. I still haven't seen that movie, but I really want to. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a perfect lead in to my number three, which is 28 Days Later. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's a great film. It's kind of a, a, a zombie-ish film. Obviously, they're not technically zombies. They're yeah, even though we all know they are. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's a fast zombie movie. Yeah. What I love about this movie and why I think it's perfect for this list is just those early scenes of deserted like downtown London are so haunting because even while you're watching it you're like a it's super eerie and super creepy and b you're like how did they even accomplish this like how do they shut down you know these major locations in London and then they do this the camera pulls out farther and farther you know it's one thing to close down a street or a bridge but then they show like a city block and it's oh, completely yeah, yeah. empty and, and the, the, the bridges are normally really they're usually chock-a-block but full of traffic and, uh... <laughs> right Right. It's it's so haunting. I love that. And I, I think I've told the story before about how when I saw the movie, uh, I was alone in the theater for the first 10 or 20 minutes of it and <laughs> during all that stuff. And it was oh, it was like extra creepy because I was like, is there still a world out there? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, so I really love that movie. But those opening scenes, especially I know the movie then kind of moves outside of London. But those those scenes are so memorable that it had to make it on the list. Yeah. And it's got, it's got that great, uh, great soundtrack up over that part from. Godspeed, you Black Emperor as well, which has worked so well. But yeah, those, they are terrifying. It's even, I think even when you finally, he encounters one of the, you know, the rage afflicted people, it's almost like a relief. Right, right. Because you just, you've been waiting the whole time. It's going, oh my God, what's going to happen? Where exactly. is everyone? It's so quiet and so yeah. deserted. Builds the tension. Yep. An excellent choice. And I like the fact as well, mine led into yours. Indeed it, it unexpected. did. Nicely done. Okay, my number two is uh, from 2014, and it's uh, the live-action Paddington movie. Oh, good choice. Yeah, which is uh, Paddington Bear is eponymous with London, even though he come from, comes from darkest Peru. But it was great seeing this one. It gives you this, I don't know, it's a kid's film, but it was done so well. I'm not a big fan of Paddington, but I love the movie. Uh, where we get to see uh, the lovely side of London, uh, like museums, some of the lovely streets, the lovely houses, things like that. And his adventure takes him all over the place. And I've not seen Paddington 2, 
which I need to, but I, I imagine that does the same. But I just thought this gave a, a lovely view of the magical side of London, even up on the rooftops of the Natural History Museum, things like that. But uh, yeah, a lovely film and a lovely view of London. Very good. Excellent choice. All right. My number two is a movie, very little seen, probably the least seen movie on this list. It is from 2014 and it is called Pride. Uh, and it is an amazing oh, yeah. I've not seen film. One. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's so good. It it uh, it's a little bit of a cheat. It mostly takes place in London at the beginning and at the end, and then the rest of the film takes place in this small mining town in Wales. I yeah. don't know how that how that corresponds. No, um, Wales is a long way away from London. Right, I thought so, but it does start and end. I, I mean, enough of the movie takes place in London that it's not really that yeah, much yeah, of a cheat. Yeah. Um, but basically, I'll take any excuse I can get to talk about how wonderful this movie is, and it's about how this group of um, you know, gay people took up for the the British miners during the miners' strike, and were trying to support them. And how these miners and these you know gays and lesbians overcame their differences to come together and and understand and appreciate each other, and also to uh, bring about reforms that you know helped the miners out. And it's yeah, a yeah. really just a fantastic movie. Uh, some amazing performances. It's it's warm and heartfelt and funny. Uh, and, and emotional uh, and moving and just it's one of those movies that leaves you feeling better about yourself when you're done watching it and better about the world and I think that's such a rare thing and to be treasured so I know most people haven't seen it it's called Pride I can't recommend it highly enough brilliant yeah I've not uh, I, knew, I know the film but I've just not seen it oh I'm glad yeah. it's good oh that's it's good to be on your list excellent yeah yeah good stuff okay well uh, here we are with my number one I'm wondering whether it's your number one Probably not. I can tell you for a fact it's not. Okay. I may know things you don't know. Uh, mm. my, my number one is an American Werewolf in London. Really? I'm surprised. Now, see, I'm surprised you put that on there, actually, because I yeah. thought of putting it on mine, and I know that it's it's a movie that you've kind of like, oh, I'm sort of tired of. I've seen it too many times. I thought for sure it, it wouldn't be on your list. Yeah, I, I know. And I thought that myself, but then I was thinking about it, and it's film set in London. I just, those scenes, when he does eventually get to London and when he changes, I mean, the werewolf scenes are what you watch the film for mainly. Right, right. Uh, this is a 1981 film. Uh, for people who don't know the film, but most of you will. But just those scenes, particularly the scene in the uh, the underground tube station. Yeah. Yeah, I went a bit, a bit in Trafalgar Square and Piccadilly Circus. It just gives you some of these, not too much of London, but I just think it just shows it and it's just, it just uses the environment so well, especially in the underground bits. I just, I just, it was the first film that popped into my head when I was doing this list. Sure. So, and London's even in the title, so bonus yeah, points. Exactly. For that. Exactly. So it's a double whammy. But <laughs> yeah. uh, that's why, as I say, I, the film's a brilliant film. I've just seen it too many times, but it's my number one film set in London because it does it so well. Very good choice. But uh, what go on? What's yours then? Well, like I said, it's not that. I, I, I did that was on my short list, but it didn't quite make it. But my number one is a tie, and there's a good reason for that. It's not a cheat. Um, but it, half of it has appeared on your list already. It is Paddington and Paddington Two. Oh, lovely. Okay, cool. Uh, because they're absolutely brilliant, and they are amazing, fun, funny, charming, delightful films. But they are. All of those things, and they take place squarely in London, like you said. They show the city in so many different facets of it. I mean, yeah. And in in Paddington too, there's a large portion of it that takes place in a jail, but the parts that aren't uh, do go all over the place. And even just Paddington Street is so kind of stereotypically what people think of when they yeah, think of yeah. London. Yeah. Uh, that it's really. You know, not to overuse the phrase, but London is a character in the Paddington films. I don't think they would work yeah, yeah. if they were set, or at least not work as well if they were set somewhere else. Uh, my family loves these movies. I think that they have done them so well. Um, I think that they are great for anybody from for any age. 
they're just really, really amazingly fun films. They are. I was so glad they were good. I was so surprised when I saw the first Paddington, how yeah. good it was. Yeah, the second one lives it. up to it every bit as much, too. Yeah. Uh, these are ones, this is the, they made number one because they were the perfect combination of really showcasing London yeah. and also being great films that I love. So that combined had to make it my number one. Perfect. So there you go. Good lists. I uh, just want to give a shout out to some other films. Yeah. Just because they're, they're, really, they're really good. Uh, there's Peeping Tom, The Lady Killers, Hellraiser, uh, One Called Naked, starring David Thewlis, which is really good. Uh, Passport to Pimlico and My Beautiful Laundrette. But there's many, many more, but they're just some of the other good ones. Well, none of those made my honorable mentions list, but some of the ones <laughs> are on my short list also uh, that you didn't mention, including yeah. a, a Hard Day's Night almost made it on there. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Children of Men almost made it on there. And The Omen, which I had forgotten actually oh, crikey, takes place yeah, yeah. in England. I thought it was uh, in America, but it's not. And I love that movie. But cool, blimey. I wouldn't have thought of that one. Since I forgot about that, I felt like it wasn't quite as memorable that it was in London, so didn't make the cut that's the thing with doing this list some of the films i'd forgotten when in london like children of man you mentioned as well but yeah uh, yeah exactly yeah. oh good so, good list that yeah lots of movies lots of good movies set in london we will visit other cities in the future don't worry this isn't uh, just a one-time thing there's other plenty of other big cities we're going to get to uh but we'll get to them down the line so just be patient and keep listening and maybe we'll hit up your city in one of these episodes yes but that's uh that's it for this episode i'm feeling a bit tired now so i've got to go up the apples and pears because uh, <laughs> i'm cream cat Cream crackered. Yeah. And I shouldn't be doing Cockney rhyming slime because I'm not from London. So apologies to all the Cockneys out there. Okay. There I go. stopped knowing what you were talking about like 10 minutes ago. So it's okay <laughs> in my book. I haven't been listening to what you said, Mike. <laughs> well, that's normal. <laughs> I just meant in reference to the British slang. Oh, we've been recorded. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, it is time for us to wrap things up. That's going to do it for us for this week. But as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Tally ho! Cheers! Top five movies set in London. I feel like for some reason this list skews a little more towards you. I can't put my finger on why. Well, you know, I don't live in London. Well, I know that, but you certainly live closer than I do. But it is close. I don't live in New York City, but I mean, I live in New York. Yeah, London's about two and a half hours away by train. Yeah, same for me in New York. Yeah. That's also like half the country, isn't it? Like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. You go another two and a half hours, aren't you, out of England? Yeah, yeah. Basically. Yeah, I can probably get to France in about three hours, four hours. Wow, that's so crazy. By train, as long as you get the connections and things. But I mean, I can get to Canada in like three hours, just like France Jr. <laughs> but... <laughs> France Junior. Oh, I'm going to piss off our Canadian listeners with that. <laughs> do we have any Canadian listeners? I don't yeah. know. But you know what? Even if we do, they won't get pissed off because they're so yeah, polite. Yeah, they'd apologize. So nice. They'd apologize. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> he's kind of right. <laughs> we are a little bit of France Junior. Oh, no. Out in the boat. America light. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <sighs> yep. And I just lost every Canadian listener we yeah. have. Thank you. I went with an unconventional choice for number one, though. Ooh, okay. It's not yeah. set in London. Yeah, quite. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's Happy Texas actually. Oh, okay. Which I thought was kind of a kind of a bold move. <laughs> Cheerio, pip pip. <laughs> Time for some cup of tea and some toast. I just want you to be like, I've never said Cheerio, pip pip in my life. You bloody yank. <laughs> for people listening, we're not actually sponsored by uh, McVitie's Digestive or any other di- kind of di- digestive biscuit. Right. But if they want to get in touch and sponsor us, we can mention digestive biscuits as many times as you like. There you go. I just, I think of them something I have to take after I eat it, like a Domino's pizza or something. I just don't think of them as a pleasant thing. No, it's not. Uh... Clearly we're not sponsored by Domino's. Either. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to After the Ending, mate. That's terrible. Holy <laughs> that was like crap. A... 
<laughs> just like a I got the LO part and then I went into Australian with the mate thing. I don't know what was going oh, on. I think there. you're a few sandwiches short of a picnic with that one, Mike. <laughs> I think I'm a, a few a few Piccadilly short of a circus. Oh good God. You think a few towers short of a London no, You think you're you you think you're the bee's knees trying to pull a blinder with that one, but good God. <laughs> Bleeding out. You you keep going on like this, it's gonna be Bob's your uncle, you're gonna get a smack in the face, you know. I don't know what that means actually. I mean, I've heard it before, but I don't really it, know. It basically it means. means hey presto. Like, is Bob actually your uncle? That means like hey presto kind of thing. Right. Bob's your uncle. Uh, but where does up. it come from? Okay, I just don't understand the etymology of it. I guess. Uh, I've got a feeling this this, this episode right. could be a botched job. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna take us a while because so far we've got yeah, nothing. This. I hope this isn't like cack-handed. <laughs> it's what? These are all actual you know things we say over here. I'm sure they are. Okay. All right. Let's have a, let's well, have a butchers at the list. See what's going on. A what? Butchers. Now you're just making stuff up. Take a look. Butchers hook. Copy <laughs> Ryan slang. Butchers hook. Look, what you say, butchers. Are you even speaking English anymore? Oh, having. Yeah, let's have a butchers. Yeah, let's go throw the beach ball around. You're like, oh, let's go have a pinkney pie. You know, <laughs> that's a real thing. We're having a nice old chinwag here. You know, we've got a, we've got an episode that's going to be chock a block of good films. I hope I don't shag the porcupine on this one. <laughs> oh, that's you dropped a bit of a clanger with that one. But I'd be well chuffed if you did. <laughs> Oh, oh my boy. God, this episode's going to be a load of old codswallop. Well, let's have a bit of a Tom Cruise and go ahead and drink our uh, Mary Queen of Scots and we'll get on with this old hankerdoo, why don't we? I'm just going to suck on this fag and then... Uh... <laughs> I know what that means, but it still sounds funny when you say oh, it. Do you, do you want to pinch your fag? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not there's anything wrong with that. No, not at all, but it's, yeah. Fag means cigarettes in, in the UK. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Oh, but here I am, sat in my gaff, I'm full of beans and ready to go. <laughs> this is just never ending. Full of beans? Why is that something you would say? Are you full of beans, full of energy? Come on, geezer, let's get started. All right. Okay, here we go. Think we have enough bloopers? I think we've got, yeah, it's just going to be. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, it's time for us to, I was about to say it's time for us to bugger off, but I realize that's not really <laughs> very polite, is it? Yeah.